that trip to Los Angeles to play Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and Anthony Rendon, always a tough one. Always a tough one to go into L.A. and, and try to win that game on the road against those teams. Hold on. Hold on. I'm being told none of those guys actually play this weekend. Fantastic. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the app, create an account, use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. But there's Justin. I am Jeff. We have spent way I'm too here, much time man. before the show is even on the air trying to discuss what's happening, what's going on, how we can make things better. And you know, I know it always makes this show better. Yeah, yeah. I managed to throw that in while you were out. <laughs> Even if you're watching on YouTube, even that doesn't make it better. That is the face of um, a man who realizes that his team lost three or four to the Angels over the weekend. And by the way, the, the corpse of the Angels, let's be honest, not not the Angels. Yeah, the Guardians, the Guardians the picked Angels. up some of that corpse, right? The Guardians have three guys from that corpse and, and they all yeah. pitched this weekend against them. And you thought, oh, the Guardians will go in there and, and we'll, it'll be funny to the Angels to lose to three pitchers they once had. Giolito, Giolito didn't stink. He wasn't great either. He gave four solo home runs to a bad lineup. That's not good. And Lopez and Moore were, were fine. I, I also want to say, before we get too deep in this, if anybody's listening to us, thank you. Because obviously this weekend was a joke um, in terms of performance and not fun. And if you stayed up late to watch the games, I, I watched like, let's see, it's four games and nine innings. That's 36 innings. I probably watched 34 of them. I was a little sick, so I couldn't like, you know, watch like a hawk like i normally do um and they were late games they were tough to keep an eye on and the browns won on sunday so you're probably on if you're a browns fan you're in a great mood because they look good so if you're listening to us right now thank you for being a bit of a masochist and wanting to to listen to what happened over the weekend i suppose am i allowed to say that i don't know if i'm allowed to say that but yeah, um, it's not a bad word you're 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 asking for Look, nobody else is going to be talking about the Guardians today outside of us and, and Zach and TJ and nobody else will be talking about the Guardians. So um, if you really want your Guardians content, you can you, you should come here, but you also might hate yourself a little bit for listening to what happened over the weekend and dampening your spirits if you are a Browns fan. I don't really care, but I know a lot of people are happy about what happened. So we're here to bring you down a little bit, I think. <laughs> There's I, I, really, I, really not a whole lot we can do to bring your spirits up, unfortunately. So if anybody wants to comment and say, Oh, you guys are so negative. Well, I, the pitching was good this weekend. The The starters were good. There's your positive for yeah. the weekend. I don't really know what else to sell you on. Like, I'm not a you know, They got on base. It was, it was weird. It's basically what it boils down to is the reason I think that this team can't succeed with the way they are built is it's really hard, even against a bad team, even against a team that is using replacement level players to get three hits in an inning. It's hard to get a series of hits in a row. And when a team does a bad organization, lost, it's a bad organization. It is. But like, you know, you can have a bad organization like the Mets and still have talent. This team is right now. The angels are, are don't have, talent. They, they have neither. They have bad they, ownership. They have very they have bad talent. Well, okay. It's, oh, they're good talents on the injured list. And, and again, yes. none of them played this weekend. Their, their but IL is it, better than the guardians roster. But like I said, it just gets down to this fact that like, even against bad or let's say, we're not necessarily bad. We're replacement level pitching. It is hard to get three hits in an inning. It's why 
I have not liked this organizational approach. I know, and I say it again, you know, I support this front office. I believe in this front office. A lot of people are kind of like, let's fire the front office. That is such a Cleveland Browns mindset to be like, hey, they were in the postseason a year ago. Now they stink. Let's fire everyone. No, like <laughs> this team has managed to somehow contend with, with having the ability to spend no money. The fact that this team has been as good as they are over the years is because the front office is threading a very fine needle that most teams can't do. You go and you look at the rest of the league. No one else is able to consistently stay this near the top. I know other people are like, no, I'd rather just see him fall apart. Again, I will say there's no guarantee of coming back. The Royals were supposed to be good three years ago, and they're still they in the middle. They're restarting the rebuild. But yeah. they, they thread this needle well. I just I don't like this current approach. I don't think this is a winning approach because you need to get on base. And instead, their whole approach is make contact and hope for batted ball luck. The problem is having batted ball luck be consistent in an inning is not a good you're not going to be successful. This approach is significantly. And maybe if everyone in this lineup was like about league average, it would work better. But the problem comes down to at the end of the day, Stephen Kwan is average. He is your average guy. Josh, uh, Josh Naylor, Jose Ramirez, they are plus. Bo Naylor in the second half has been plus. You've had three plus bats. The rest of it has been bad, bad to terrible. So, you know, the problem is you got three guys plus one average and four being bad and terrible and there's just no way to succeed that way yeah i'll i'll agree with you and disagree with you i know it's confusing but you said it's hard to get three hits in an inning and i do agree with that it's not hard though when you have a talented team that can hit and it's not hard when it's against tyler anderson who's been one of the worst pitchers in the league this year it's not hard when you have a bullpen game for the angels with guys who most people haven't even heard of before jonathan diaz and andrew wants davis daniel who is making his major league debut yeah um, Aaron Loop, who hasn't been good in like a couple of years, he, he'd be good as a loogie still, but he hasn't been. Um, Colton Ingram made his league debut, I think, over the weekend or close to everything it. away, right? You know, they would um, get two guys on base and then they would Tyler Anderson, out they'd strike out. Tyler Anderson's been one of the worst pitchers in baseball this year, so yes, I agree with you to a point that it's it is hard, it's a hard process to follow to rely on average on balls and play when you don't hit the ball hard when you are hitting the ball you know, with medium to soft contact, whatever it is the Guardians are doing. They're obviously last in hard hit rate in baseball. And I know people are going to sit there and get mad about, oh, you're relying on analytics too much and this and that. And and we're not even saying you got to – these guys all got to hit the ball hard and 10 miles an hour. They're going to stink. No, it's – you have to hit the ball hard consistently. You don't have to be the best. Everybody on not one through nine has to hit the ball hard and 10 miles an hour. The same way we're not saying every guy in this lineup has to 25 home runs. We're saying – you have to be middle of the pack in a lot of these offensive categories when you have good pitching with guardians have. So yes, it's hard to rely on the offense the way they have it set up, but it's not hard to do when you're facing like there. Obviously there's a reason Tyler Anderson's had a bad year. He's not a good pitcher. This isn't to pick on him because he's making a lot of money from the angels and he's had a good this history. This is not a good team at the end of the day, right? No, so it's not a good team. The they, of it. It's, you know, they've, the angels threw out a lot of bad pitchers and the guardians couldn't get hits when it mattered. And other teams have found a way to do it against the angels this year, because guess what? The angels are 66 and 77. Of course, the guardians are 68 and 75. So not much better, but outside of Otani, their, their pitching has been terrible this year. So other teams have found a way to hit this team and hit them hard. The guardians did not. So yes, I agree with you. It's hard to, string hits together the way the guardians have their offense set up, but other teams have found a way to beat this, beat this team's brains in this year. And, and the guardians were not one of them because they have a bad plan to do it. So I'm agreeing with you and disagreeing with you in the same sentence, if that makes any sense. And yes, the Royals, 
lost their 100th game over the over the weekend. They're 44 and 100. That's bad. And for as frustrating as this season has been, and I'm not I'm not absolving anything from blame. I'm not saying things went well this year. That some things did go well this year, I guess. But I'm not I'm not absolving anybody from anything that went wrong this year and how frustrating it's been. But if you if you the Royals came into this year, I think I don't think anybody thought the Royals were going to be good. Did you, Jeff? I didn't think they're going to be good. No, but at the same time, like I said I'll, I'll point out that a year ago, it or you know, we people thought they were on the rise. We're, we're we're on the right track, and it's we just but keep. If you told me the Guardians were going to go with the Royals' plan and try to blow this up and try to come back from it with two World Series appearances and one title, I don't know that I'd buy it because looking at the Royals' record this year, if I knew that was part of the plan, I couldn't watch. Like I said, I was sick this weekend and. Uh, they were on the West Coast. That was tough to watch a lot of it, or at least, you know, all of it. I don't know that I could dedicate myself to watching it that much. And we do this podcast every day. And if I'm, a, if I'm a casual fan and you're trying to keep interest from a casual fan, I don't know how you can sell a team on a sell a fan base on this is part of the plan. We just got to blow it up and see what happens. Like, I'm not I'm I'm not interested in watching a 44 and 100 team. If that's part of the process, and we're diehards, we're, this is still, we're doing this podcast. This is, people are not. Yeah, but this is Cleveland, and you know I've talked about it. We were kind of raised on draft and rebuilds, and you know the the, the whole approach. And I think a lot of people have doing. time. Yeah, I think a lot of people have time for for kind of that approach. Uh, you know, like if there there are people who'd rather just tear it all down and and start from the uh, from oh. the very scrap heap, and you know have the excitement of high picks and getting you know, potentially like adding a power hitter, a young power hitter in the system of note or feeling like that they are going to be able to add someone. And that's because that's the big complaint, right? Everyone complains about the lack of power in system. And yes, they have kind of eschewed it until I would argue this last draft where, you know, they took a uh, Rafi Velasquez, but. Into lauder to a point last year. Yeah. But I, I think, I do think a lot of people, would kind of be on board with that, um, unfortunately, because again, this is—is is that the right? What mind? We, no. I, I no, but it's the Cleveland mindset. It, it's it's why do I care about every single draft? It's because I grew up a fan of Cleveland sports team. It's like I I will I will look at the draft results of of any draft if you put it up. I'm gonna go, yeah, let's see what happens, and I'll I'll read about them because I grew up Cleveland sports fan, and especially with all these years. I mean, you talked about. I mean, I don't pay attention to football anymore, so I had no idea what happened with the Browns. But, like, that is a team that is literally, like, every two years firing a coach, starting over, tearing it down. And it's like that has become – I'm in my 40s, and that has been all football has been in my life. Same. Essentially, 30, you know, that is all – and that is the number one sport in town. So I, I think that I think that that would not be something that for a lot of people would be the biggest negative. I also don't think it's necessarily the way you go because baseball is weird. You know, it's not like football. The lottery like, changes things for them too. It, it does, but it's also like, you know, if you let's say last year with hockey, right? Like uh, the Blue Jackets got Fantilli, the Chicago got. They should Bernard. should they, they have though? <laughs> they, but 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 they go right to the league. They're good enough to. Uh, you know, when you sit back and you get the guys in the NFL, they all go. The NBA, ever you know, the, these guys go and they make an impact. Baseball. Yeah. No one's going right in, and there's no guarantee. And you know, Paul Skeens not a lot of really interesting, not a lot but of you know what's going to happen. You know, I, I just I did a whole thing where, like, basically, the 1989 draft was the best draft ever for the Cleveland uh, Indians, for the Boston Red Sox, and for the Minnesota Twins. All those teams, and it also like every first baseman you loved in the 90s was in that draft. And the highest paid player was John Olderud, is a third baseman who never played in the minors. But there aren't a lot of guys like that. And you go and you look at that draft class, 
you know, most of those top players weren't successful, even though that's a really good draft. Like that is, that is a Frank Thomas, Jeff Bagwell, Jim Tomey draft. Give you an idea of how good that draft was in terms of a first baseman. The baseball is never going to have that. You can, you can take a really good prospect and we'll all be proven wrong. Like there is, there are guys we all swung and missed on uh, Elijah green right now. Like, I mean, I was lower on him than others, but it has been a rough year for him. Uh, so I, I think that is the downside to that kind of t- talk, but we, we got to take that first break. We can come back and continue our, our grand debates and, and everything else. Uh, but we should probably take that first break on today's lockdown guardians. Well, I'll be looking to get tickets to any upcoming event, whether it's a Browns home game. Cavs will be starting soon. There's a lot of concerts. There's some comedy shows coming to Cleveland. I know I'm going to a couple of them, but if you're trying to get last-minute tickets, uh, game time is the place where you want to go for any of those events, whether it's sports, music, theater, uh, comedy, killer deals on last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, if you do not get the best price from game time, game time guarantee guarantees you that they're going to give you 100% of the difference if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. I was looking on game time over the weekend for Ohio State tickets because I want to go to Ohio State game, and I got to see uh, views of what my tickets would look like if I buy tickets there. So that's that's cool. I like to know where I'm sitting before um, going there, too. And if you're going to use it from the show, um, you'll get a nice benefit, too. So download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for your first purchase. You're going to get $20 off. So then I'll be to get great deals and views of your seats on all kinds of events. Um, you're going to get $20 off that first purchase if you use code LOCKDOWNMLB, terms apply. So create your account, use that code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Going to be another late one Monday, uh, nine o'clock, I believe, in local time uh, from the West Coast, San Francisco and Cleveland. Uh, actually, it might be nine forty-five. I lied. I think it's nine forty-five on Monday. So uh, even another late night. Gavin Williams and Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb, no bad memories against Alex Cobb, right, Jeff? Uh, you He's can having a nice bounce him. back year. Uh, I'll say well, for him. I was. I was going. I was referring. I know. To I know what you're saying. I was just trying to roll <laughs> over it and ignore it. Jeff's. We've already had a bad enough weekend, and Jeff's trying to no sell me on my my other bad memories. Uh, listen to that game on Monday night on your SiriusXM app. Just search Guardians. Real quickly too. We want to talk about, talk about before we talk about Emmanuel Classe because I know people are probably going to ask about the blown save, and he did not pitch well Friday night. Like it was. I'm sorry, Thursday night. He did not. He did not pitch well. And I know you were. Flying solo as that game was getting blown and I was going to come out. Yeah, I, ended. So, I was watching it. And, and I will say, like, the funny thing again with him is I believe he got the first out and then there was the hit and then a broken bat hit. Like, how many times this year have we seen that? Like, why is he, with as good as his stuff is, why are there so many broken bat hits? Like, I, the bat pip data on him, I didn't look it up, must be ridiculous this year. I feel like he is, every third game, that dude is getting a broken bat hit off. Of him. Yeah, there's that. I mean... You know, oddly enough, the Randall Grichuk game-winning hit was a hard hit, and Randall Grichuk, we know, wasn't supposed to be in the starting lineup. But, of course, he was because he wasn't even in the lineup. But Lewis Rengifo tore his uh, – had a bicep rupture on, on deck, of all places, for his first at bat. So there's yeah, that. Class A, for, his bat pip is 60 points higher than the, than a year ago and 26 was, points higher than his career. That's a that's an interesting thing to talk about, too, because, like, pitchers have – a certain amount of control over Babbitt because of their stuff. Like say, the same way hitters do, right? The hitters have a certain control over Babbitt, especially without the shift now because of hard hit. And that's, you know, obviously part of the Guardians issue too. So you have a certain level of control over Babbitt if you hit the ball hard. Pitchers, it's the same thing. You have a certain level of control over Babbitt for one. Strikeouts be because of stuff. 
I don't know that 222 last year is maybe sustainable. It's same with his same, yeah, same with his 72% left on base rate. That's that's rather high. But his left on base rate this year is 60. That's that's pretty bad. So, like, yeah, part of me thinks there's some pretty the bad other. luck there. The other thing with class A2 is this: like the strikeouts are down. The strikeouts are down because of some of this bad luck. Um, the walks are are up, so that's a problem. He has some control issues this year, but he has been hit hard. I mean, he gets if he's the control thing is he gets behind in counts. And he's got to put the ball over the plate, and he's getting too much of the plate, and then you end up with with games like Thursday, where, you know, he might have gotten too much of the plate. Like that's some that's his problem sometimes is he ends up going out there, and he throws too many hittable pitches for a guy who's got great stuff. He puts the ball in the middle of the plate way too often, and for a guy who only has a one point five launch angle against, like teams don't hit the ball in the air against him, but when they do, it happens like this. So he's got 10 blown saves now. And I saw some people saying over the weekend too, well, he's not going to be an all-star closer anymore. He's no longer the closer that a team needs to go to the playoffs. I really disagree with that. I think I still think class a ends up being an all-star closer next year. I think a lot of this, this crazy he's stuff, will... like an all-star closer this year. I hate to be the very bad news to people. He didn't go for he's... some various reasons, but there's still, I'm still going to say half like... of it. Half of this is fluky. Some of it early on, we talked about, he had some mechanical issues early on, he alluded to. Some of it was also the pitch clock. The pitch clock, he was one of the slowest guys to the plate last year. The pitch clock sped him up, so that created some issues. He has to adjust to that. Like, even if he doesn't come close to what he did last year, I don't think he's, I mean, his FIP is 278. Now, FIP is all is not really a predictive stat. It's more of a what went wrong versus what the pitcher can control things. So it's not predictive. If you tell me he is somewhere between this year and last year, I'll buy that. And that's still an all-star closer. The stuff hasn't regressed. The stuff is still very good. You know, he had some stuff to work through this year. I think he's going to be just fine. Um, it is it is really frustrating, though. And But it, and it's also not all his fault, too. Like, yeah, he didn't pitch well Friday and Thursday night. But you want to know what? The Guardians were 1 for 10 with runners and scoring. I'm sorry, 1 for 13 on Thursday with runners in scoring position, they were one for 10 the next night. They were two, they were two, I'm sorry, they were, they were, I'm looking at the wrong nights here. Either way, they were bad with runners in scoring position all weekend. They were, they had no opportunity. So you, you scored one, two runs on Friday, Thursday, and expect to win. There's only so many times, okay, yeah, they were one for 13 on Thursday, and then Friday they were four for 11, which is actually a little bit better, which, okay, they won Friday, so that makes sense. What was Saturday? Saturday a bad night. Yeah, Saturday was 0 for 0, zero for 0 because they didn't have even have a runner in, in scoring position on Saturday because it was Jose and Naylor with solo home runs. Look at that. He hit two home runs. I don't know how many times you could hand over a run-run lead and, and do this. Like, yeah, Colossi has got to be better, but this is, again, go back to the conversation we had before. This is the Angels. They're a bad team. If you want to be taken seriously, this the Angels are a team that should be, like, praying for the end of the season, right? Like, they are, they are a team that is bad, and they've got a lot of, like, they're starting Mike Moustakis. They're starting Eduardo Escobar and Trey Cabbage and Brett Phillips. Like these guys are all bench players or at the end of their career. They should be, you know, playing out the string and credit to them for not, I guess. But if you want to be taken seriously as a competitive team, you've got to go out and, and take care of these teams. And the effort over the weekend says you don't deserve to be taken seriously as a team with that effort, right? Like, even with Class A pitching maybe not great on Thursday night, like your offense has to be better than that. Yeah, I mean, it does. I, I think it is innately a flawed team. I think it is, a again, a weird team because I'm going to go back to Friday's point if you missed it, which a lot of people did because of frustration. But if you missed Friday's, I'm going to harp on this point again. It is, it is weird 
because everyone is having a down year outside of Josh Naylor. Like everyone, every starter, every reliever. I do want to just give a shout out to Everyday or Alton who brought up a, a great point that I didn't realize that, you know, he said that he was worried about Tristan uh, McKenzie coming in this year because last time he set a career high for innings pitch, team missed the entire next season. And hey, you know, it's looking like McKenzie is not going to even throw 20 innings this year if we're lucky. Um, so, yeah, you know, he's it's it's a weird situation where everyone on this team regressed. You know, I, like I said, Josh Naylor took a step forward. The second half, we've seen Bo Naylor. Who knows what's going on with Andres? It's going to be. You feel good about the pitching. I still feel good about the pitching. I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm not too hyper concerned about the bullpen. Like, we're all complaining because our closer has an ERA of 3.02 and a FIP of 277. Like, yeah, he has blown, what, how many Ten. games has he blown? 10 games. But it's like he, he leads the league in saves and blown saves. It's a weird situation, and sometimes you have a weird year. I think he'll get back. I, 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 I'm not – I'm just going to say this whole year has been a crap year, and I'm convinced that he'll be better in a year. But, like, I like the bullpen. We have two interesting relief arms that could probably help next year as well. Starting looks great. It's just hitting. And that's that's going to be my concern, as it has been since, you know, I can go back to, like, when I started at Indians Prospect Insider, when it was still Indians Prospect Insider, talking about trade deals and trying to find outfielders. We've been looking for outfielders as Cleveland Guardians fans since the 90s. I mean, no, it comes back. I mean, you look at that team, even in that outfield. Don't you you start the slander with Cody Sizemore here. I'm not going to slander him, but that was the year, like, you know, before that, we're like, hopefully Franklin Gutierrez will get a chance. Or like when it took forever for Shin Chu Chu to get his opportunity. But it was always outsiders. I'll I'll bring it up again. Luke Scott is the greatest outfielder this team has produced since Manny Ramirez. Again, Luke Scott. It's okay if you don't remember him. He never actually played. Number two is, I believe, Ryan Church still. Again, never really played here so I, they need to go out and figure the outfield that, that's going to be my big thing but we, we need to figure a break in here and then come back and, and talk some more frustration on today's uh therapy session of lockdown guardians the MLB playoffs are around the corner which means the clock is ticking on your chance for a hundred times your cash on daily fantasy baseball baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like aquania bats it says otani here but you know even when the when the best player on the planet is hurt he is still the unicorn of unicorns so hopefully we will see otani back in some form sooner than rather than later but pick more or less on stats like home runs hits strikeouts pick uh less and less at zero for otani and all those categories that they let you that's that's a hot tip right there uh for more or more for up to 100 times pad on sleeper get your picks right and you could win big it is the what's fun about it is they have a group team chat that's also the idea you're picking your categories you're picking something as simple as more or less just pick a few players and go use the promo code locked on and you'll get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit terms conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details guardians giants 9 45 eastern staying up late listen to gavin williams pitch Again, hopefully you can keep this uh, run going because that's what we're talking about before we get out of here is the pitching was still good over the weekend. So we'll see if Gavin Williams can do that um, in San Francisco. You can listen to that game on your SiriusXM app. Just search Guardians. Um, all right. I guess, I don't know, enough enough negative on this weekend, but pen enough complaining. There's still things we want to see before the end of the year. There's still, still reason for us to watch whether or not we're, you know, here to do this or other reasons there's still some reasons to watch and we still want to talk about how this team can get better next year i know we've sit here we've we've spent a lot of time making fun of the angels 
as a franchise, and the Guardians went out and played terribly against them. Outside of the pitching, Cal Quantrill, two starts since coming off the IL, has looked really good. That's encouraging. Tanner Bybee on Sunday took a hard luck loss. That second base umpire, Pat Hoberg, decided that because Shohei Otani was not playing that he was going to be the center of attention on Sunday. So the first block call against Tanner Bybee, I don't know, it kind of looked like a balk. He, he kind of had a double a, a twitch, I guess. Uh, the second one, I don't, I'm not, I'm not seeing where it came from. And a balk is like a catch in football. Like nobody really knows what it is unless it's like blatant, unless it actually happens. And it was on a motion that, that Tanner has done all year. And, and the broadcast confirmed that Pat Hoberg has done, I don't know, at least four different games this year where Tanner Bybee has pitched and he's never called a balk on him once. And today he called two in a row. So, and they were frustrated about why, why now? And the second one, I don't even see where it came from. So I think he just, so Tanner got mad and, and Tanner was upset. And, and, you know, if you've watched Tanner this year, if you know anything about him, he doesn't really get fired up like that. So for him to, to get that mad suggests that something was pretty stupid there. So congrats, Pat Hoberg, for making Sunday's game more about you than the game. That's what good umpires definitely do. I'm um school, um show. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, everybody was there to see Shoei Otani, but he wasn't there. So Pat Hoberg decided he would fill in. Uh, but Bobby pitched good. He... We said last time out that he would, you know, the velocity was down, the control was uncharacteristically bad, and we were kind of worried about, okay, is he hitting a little bit of a bump here, a little bit of a wall late in the season, hitting, you know, Kerr Heinings pitched in his first year. And he did just fine. Um, sorry, I thought I heard something rustling around in my background. <laughs> like I had a ghost back here. Someone was it's not October yet. No ghost. Yeah, it's not October yet. So he pitched good. It's uh, a ghost in the offense. That's what we saw this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, they're all in my house. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get him on a flight to San Francisco if I can. Uh, so he pitched good. Lucas Giolito, like, <laughs> when he wasn't giving up home runs, he was striking guys out. He had 18 swings and misses. That was, you know, probably the best he's looked since the beginning of the year. So that was, I guess, I don't know. I don't really care how Lucas Giolito pitches this year at this point. Like, I hope for his own yeah. sake he does good. He seems like a nice guy, and he's struggling. He's going through some stuff. Um, so I hope for his sake he pitches well. I don't really know what his future holds. Like, you know, he's really here mm-hmm. to chew up innings and, and spread out the starters a little bit. But Logan Allen pitched just fine. Cal pitched just fine. That was good to see. Like, all positives this weekend from the starters, except for four pitches from Lucas Giolito, I guess. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I do find it funny. You know, I was talking about on Friday show again that uh, MLB Trade Rumors was talking about how a Japanese pitcher is going to get posted and was talking about the top pitchers on the market, and they still mentioned Lucas Giolito. <laughs> I was like... Oh, that's how bad this market is. Lucas Giolito still measures amongst the top five or so starting pitchers available. But, right. uh, Aaron Nola, that the couple Japanese guys, and then yeah, Lucas Lake Giolito. And, and that's yeah. what you got. So yeah, that's why you say this Bieber still have a market because it's going to be a very poor market this weekend for this weekend this year for pitch this offseason for pitching, which we can get into. Um, you and I have had a number you know, of talks about how can the Guardians go out and make this roster better from guys that'll be up late in the year and they won't, well, won't be at this point. I don't expect anybody to be getting called up and I don't even see at this point, like there are two weeks left in the season or three weeks. I should say, I don't really see Valera or Manzardo or any of those guys getting called up. Like, I think this is who they're going to roll with at the end of the year. And I don't, I don't even know if, if you know the, the Clippers still have two weeks of uh, two series left. They have 12 games left. After that's over, I mean, maybe you swap somebody out on this roster. Like, I, it's frustrating to tune in, I'm sure, every day to watch Cam Gallagher play once a week. Like, they faced a, le- they faced a couple lefties this weekend, and David Fry didn't catch until he came in to replace Gallagher late in the eighth inning the other night. Like, if you're facing a lefty, David Fry should be your catcher. If not, 
then it should be Bo Naylor. And if it's a day after night game, do David Fry, unless they're, you know, easing him in back in from the hamstring injury. Like, it's hard to watch Cam. Cam Gallagher probably isn't going to have a job next year. Like, who's going to pay him after this season? I don't see anybody doing that. Um, you know, Cole Calhoun's going to get his 10 years in next week. I think he gets 10 years. Like, he's not – I only hit the home run today, but he's not really playing that well recently. And he doesn't need to play anymore at this point when you're out of the race and he's there for the vibes. And, and you know, he can DH a day when Josh, Josh Naylor needs a break and he can – Filling in the outfield is maybe a pinch hitter. Like he doesn't need to be playing every day. And even Ramon Laureano, like I would rather have Gabby and I, well, okay. I'd rather have Brennan in center and put Gabby in right. So you can get Tyler Freeman in more. Like nobody else is coming from the minors at this point. They've got to yeah. get like, you're not, you're not what winning you and you're also you not developing. Yeah. You're not winning and you're not like develop. Like, okay. Gabby's playing every day. It's short. That's good. Brennan is pretty much playing every day, whether it's right or center. Bo's playing most of the time, although I saw in the broadcast that he's played 11 of the last 18 games. I'm like, so he's played 11 and he's sat seven. I don't really know if that's, that's the majority, but is it great? I don't know. I want to see I want to see if David Fry is really a guy you trust next year. Is Tyler Freeman going to get playing time? Like, I don't know. It's, it's the same conversation we've been, we've been having. But I don't expect anybody from the minors to come up uh, when the season ends. I don't expect anybody to come up. This is, this is who you got. No, great. I think this be. is – this is what's going to be from this point on. I, I would be, you know, one of those debates for the future is if things keep going, you know, even remotely the way it is, at what point does Bo Naylor become too valuable to let him still catch? Uh, but we can save that for the future. We are at the end of today's time, the end of today's show. Hopefully, listen, tomorrow's show is going to be an, a live one. Oh, uh, we'll throw one more thing out. Not, Okay, not like live in terms, but it's going to occur as the game is occurring because I have to work in the morning. So uh, I just want to throw that out there. But Justin has uh, a point to make first. One thing you can get excited about is I did hear over the weekend that Chase DeLauder is going to play in the Arizona Fall League. This is a good thing. And um, I don't know if he's going to go to Akron for the final week. Akron's got one week left in their season. They're not making the playoffs, but they do play one week longer because Lake County season is over. So he could Akron's at home. They could send him to Akron for a week. They have outfield spots available. So it, it stands the reason he could spend a week in Akron. I don't know for sure if that's happening, but I did hear over the weekend he is supposed to be playing in the AFL. We'll see if or not that comes to fruition, but that's what I was told by a pretty reliable source. That's a good thing. So tune in tomorrow's episode. I'll explain to you why it's a good thing. He's playing in the Arizona Fall League. We will talk about that. We'll talk about a game as it's occurring, and uh, we'll talk about a manager his team. All of its uh, all of its all of its frustrations and joys. We want to thank all of you though for joining in in spite of the frustrations. Thank you for being an everyday and go go guardians go.